Welcome to More Than a Number Podcast, Episode 2. I'm Jack Clink here with Zach Lefebvre. Zach, what is up? Not much, man. Living a dream over here. How about you? Not much. Just cooked up um, eight burgers, four chorizo sausages, oh. and the carnivore diet's going strong. How's, uh, how's training today? It was good. It was a long day, man. I just, uh, just had like a nine-hour day of straight fitness, and now I'm coming home to talk about what looks like fitness today. So it's good. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's Sounds my life. Good. So that's good. So how's the um quickly? How's the energy going with the uh, carnivore diet? It's pretty good. Um, I know we're gonna we're gonna touch on some of this here later. So just very yeah. brief. No, it's 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 pretty good. Um, I know there's less pumps for me in the gym. I think that's the biggest thing I notice. Yeah. Um, maybe a little less energy. I still have caffeine, so I have enough energy. Um, I don't have those crashes of feeling like dead tired after I eat sometimes though. I don't know if that's just because I'm like a fat ass and just eat a fuck ton at once. Um, but sometimes I'll just feel like that crash after having like a big meal. And I don't really have that, even if I eat a lot of meat. So that's kind of like, nice. Yeah, it's like a carb crash kind of. Yeah. So yeah. I don't have that. Um, that's good. I'm trying to think. It's nice to – I always have my protein, which is nice. Like I don't have to worry about protein. Oh, it's yeah. just automatic. Protein goal is just, um, yeah, automatic. Yeah. And I'm Done. less hungry. Like even when I'm hungry, I don't get super hungry. Like when I'm having carbs and stuff, or just normally my whole life until now, I just – I'll get like starving after a few hours not eating. But like this, after like five or six hours, I'll be hungry-ish. But I'm like – I'm not crazy hungry. Even if I only had – if it's like 6 or 7 p.m., I've had like less than 1,000 calories. I'm not like crazy hungry um i think maybe just from protein filling me up i don't i don't really know but it's um i've always done well with like a lot of protein and fat so it kind of just fits i think whatever my dna is i guess <laughs> yeah and it's kind of weird because you would think the opposite because um fiber is one of the key nutrients in a diet that is yep. used for satiety reasons so um it'll keep you fuller for longer having more fiber uh, yeah. And I think the recommendation is like 14 grams per 1000 calories or something like that. For fiber. Yeah, I know it's something. Yeah, it's something like yeah. that. So uh, it's it's weird seeing a diet which lacks fiber <clears throat> being a carnivore, yeah. like a keto diet. A lot of them lack fiber. Um, but it, it's weird to see the hunger cues being switched almost. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's I don't know. It's not hunger hasn't been like a real issue unless I'm um, taking some late night vitamins. But so besides that, I'm yeah, I, I don't have any issues. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Oh, and also, I just wanted to address I did change the camera. Um, so as you can tell from the last podcast to this podcast, the camera is now I'm using my laptop. I was not using my laptop last time I was using this camera right here, which I had mounted on a tripod um behind the camera and it caused a lot of flack man caused some flack people are not happy with the uh <laughs> no eye contact yeah so I well got that's it, the thing uh, if you don't if you don't watch on youtube we wouldn't even know because we have it we're posting the um podcast on spotify and apple Podcasts as well so if you if you'd rather download the podcast um and you're watching on youtube right now and you didn't know it's on spotify it's on apple um so check it out over there if you uh or maybe same just name in your pocket yeah same name more than number podcast you can find on apple and spotify podcasts um so there you go and you don't got to worry about where i'm looking no <laughs> yeah no eye contact is needed all right cool man so, so what do you say we uh what do you say we dive right into it yeah it sounds good so today we're going to talk about um mainly diet and then we'll head into some instagram questions at the end but we want to talk about diet um kind of where it started for us um, when we first even consciously thought about what we ate and how it affected our performance. 
and we're going to kind of talk about high school. When did we start thinking about dieting, gaining, losing weight? And then throughout college, what did we learn? How much did we learn? Who taught us certain things about nutrition? And then we're going to kind of hit on some post-grad stuff we've learned um, after college football, especially for Zach, since he's been done a little bit longer than me. We can kind of talk about all the different facts and just uh, different advice we've received throughout the years. Um, so let's start. Let's start a little bit with high school. What did, when did you first get introduced to kind of nutrition uh, in high school and when did you pay attention to it? So I think the first time I was ever introduced to nutrition was probably around, uh, I want to say my junior year. It was pretty late, honestly. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really even that big into lifting to begin with um, until high school sports rolled around. So we, I mean, we used to lift a little bit back in uh, modified or junior high for sports or whatever, but uh, nutrition was never big back then. It was kind of just like you did your weight room thing and went home and that was the end of it. Um, <clears throat> but my first introduction to like diet and actually having a, you know, knowing that it can affect your performance in the gym and stuff like that for training uh, was probably around junior year. And that was just because of um, the programs that we entered uh, for football or baseball or whatever sport I was training for at the time, but it was high school training, which initially uh, uh, introduced me to that realm of the things. What about you? What was your kind yeah, of first like introduction? It was after junior year of, or after junior season of football mm -hmm. and um, coach Monich told me how to gain weight so I could play a line, um, play like be a starting lineman and play well. And I never even thought about nutrition. Like before then we would, I would always go over to Pontillo's and grab a slice of pizza, grab some chocolate milk, eat that, drink it, and then go lift. Like I would just do the, the dumbest things that would just not help my performance whatsoever. And then after junior football, I was kind of a substitute player on D-line, O-line. And then I realized I needed to gain weight. I was like 220, 230. And I started looking up. I really just looked it up, look it up on YouTube. Like I looked up so much um, different stuff, how to gain weight, what to do. And that's kind of where it came. Uh, my initial nutrition ad like advice was from YouTube. And then I just kind of followed the try to get as much protein a gram per pound. Um, and then from there, the calorie surplus. And that's when I got introduced to my fitness pal of tracking calories. And that was the easiest thing for me was to track calories because I never before then had any relationship with calories with what I ate. I just kind of ate when I was hungry, didn't eat when yeah. I wasn't hungry. And um, so from there, I got in a little bit of supplements, started taking some protein, started taking serious mass, did the, um, the protein shakes to gain weight. But before then, I never even thought about I, I like distinctively remember not thinking about any like nutrition facts of what I ate. I just ate like whatever it was. And I just thought like meat, I would get strong and then other foods I just eat. It just, I don't know. I had no, no base. So that's kind of junior year, kind of similar to you when I wanted to improve my performance, get bigger, stronger, started thinking about um, kind of what to eat. And then, so, so when you first got introduced to nutrition, was that through you wanted to gain weight, lose weight, or was that just purely because you wanted to improve your performance? No, it was the same thing as you, man. Um, I was always tall. I was, I've been about this height since like eighth grade, believe it or not. I thought I was going to be a giant and I thought I was going to the NBA right <laughs> away. Um, but I kind of halted at, uh, at six, five and like eighth, ninth grade. So I've always been tall, but lanky. Um, once I hit that growth spurt and I started really growing, I kind of went from this like short chubbier kid, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But um, I went from that short, chubby kid to like a tall, lanky kid, kind of like my brother has always been. He's been super tall, but uh, skinny as a rail. Um, yeah. Same with my dad. My dad was called Rod in high school because he was so tall, but he was <laughs> skinny as a rod. <clears throat> so, yeah, basically the same thing as you. I, I wanted to gain weight for football. And around junior year is the year that I decided, 
hey, I'm going to stop playing these other sports and I'm going to really dedicate myself to football and see if I can get a scholarship. So, and the biggest thing I needed to do at being a tight end, I was like 215, 210 my junior year. And I was like, well, I need to get bigger. These guys are huge. I'm going on these visits, going to these camps and yeah. seeing these tight ends and they're massive. So I was like, I need to get bigger. And that's basically what um, introduced me to uh, nutrition and trying to gain weight. <clears throat> but you were right, man. In high school, I didn't, or especially then when I initially started to gain weight, turning over a package or like something to look at the nutrient label was the last thing I was ever doing, um, which yeah. is funny because now it's probably one of the first things I do before I eat or consume something. But yeah, back then, worrying about what was in the food. No, it was kind of just like a seafood, eat food diet. And that kind of oh, yeah. brings us like to like some of the struggles that we dealt with um, during that first diet. And uh, did you have any like apparent struggles when it came to like maybe putting on weight? Oh, for sure. I think um, so. I put on the weight pretty quickly. I went from like 230, 225, 230 to 290 next season. So I put on the weight very quickly had no issue gaining weight. I remember we used to weigh in once a week in coach Burns's office at Sutherland and I'd weigh in. And then the other like gym teachers would be like, what the hell? Like I had a chart and it was like 240 next week, 246. Like what the, hell? like just stupid amounts of like gaining weight. But looking back, I definitely wish I gained the weight slower um, just to prevent the overall fat gain because you, I, you know more about the muscle and nutrition than me, but you can't gain, I don't know how much, how much muscle you can gain in a month, not a ton. So you don't want to gain too much especially weight naturally. too quickly. Yeah, especially yeah, I was, <laughs> I was a natural junior. Um, so I didn't, I was gaining weight, I think a little too quickly. Um, I, I was looking, I was kind of making some notes. And I think now if you're trying to really bulk, maybe like gain a pound a week is like top, like that's a good healthy range. Obviously you still want to be um, making sure your blood pressure and heart rate and blood glucose and all that's healthy, but gain like a pound a week. I was just doing like stupid three, four or five pounds a week, just trying to gain as much as possible, not realizing that gaining that much weight can actually decrease um, the effect of my performance. I might not perform as well. I might not be as mobile, as strong, um, because I'm just gaining too much weight too quick. And I think the best way to focus on this, especially if you haven't looked in the diet before, if you haven't focused on it, is just trying to focus on protein as your number one, like important um, nutrient. So try to focus on having quality meats, um, and then having quality carbs like potatoes, rice and stuff like that. And then go from there. I think you want to make sure you're avoiding sugar. Um, even when you're bulking, eating as healthy as you can, kind of like a clean bulk, um, with just more healthy foods is a lot more effective than just eating pizza and chicken wings and garbage plates every day. Like I did. Um, that's kind of, that's kind of how it started for me. How did, how the weight gain start for you? Um, yeah, fairly similar. And I feel like some of the struggles that I faced during that initial weight gain, uh, which you're looking back on now it was a struggle. Um, in the current time, I don't think it, I, it crossed my mind as being a struggle, but these are some key struggles that I kind of uh, look back on and can identify. And that was not going shopping um, mm, yeah. and kind of just dealing with whatever my parents or my mom brought into the house and made for dinner. And God bless my mom. She's a great cook. Um, but you know, it's not all, it's not, you know, sometimes it's not the most optimal meals to be eating um, yeah. to put on you know, the size that you're looking for in a, in a healthy manner, you know what I mean? Especially if it's like pizza or taco night, man, you know, you're trying to gain weight. So you eat 10 tacos and 10, 10 slices of pizza, you know, oh, yeah. um, it's calories and you're getting it in and you're gaining weight, 
but looking back on it, it's probably not the most optimal way to do things. So I would say one of the biggest struggles was not going shopping. And later in my career, towards the end of senior year is when I did start going um, mm-hmm. to Walmart or to Wegmans with my mom. And I knew kind of what I wanted at that point in time, because I had some experience under my belt. So I knew like what I was looking for, what I wanted to get. Dude, there's a fly. Dude, I was just following with my eye the oh whole time. Oh my God. Dude. <laughs> but yeah, was- so I... Yeah. I knew uh, I knew kind of what I wanted at that point. So uh, going shopping, I think, is a huge thing. Um, and then just kind of like being inconsistent, like you said. Like I had no plan. I had no schedule. I had no routine. It was kind of eat when I was hungry. And when I was hungry, I would eat a shit ton of food and I'll get in a shit ton of calories. But it wasn't the calories that I was looking for. And at the time it was. But looking back, it could have been a lot cleaner. And just like you, I put on, I went from 210 to 215. And between there, my junior year to senior year being 250. So I put on a lot of weight very, very mm-hmm. fast too. And it wasn't all clean weight. Um, I was, I was fluffy. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> at the end of the day, I was fluffy. Uh, I was still, you know, I, I was six foot five. So I had a natural build where I could handle a lot of weight and uh, that weight came on super fast. So I was still athletic, but I was fluffy. And definitely looking back, it could have been a lot cleaner and, a, and in a better manner. So um yeah, just being kind of inconsistent with no plan, no routine, eating what was whatever was in front of me, and then kind of just like poor advice all around. I remember my first diet advice was from my grandfather. This is a funny story. And he still tells me this <laughs> to this day every time I see the man. Um, great guy. But he was actually his father. So my grandfather's father, my great grandfather was Mr. Rochester back in the day. So he was a bodybuilder. <laughs> and my grandpa used to work out a lot too. And he's, he's a shorter guy. He's probably only like five, seven, but he had like a 44 inch chest, massive guy. You know what I mean? Back in the day. And his diet advice to me was drink a gallon of milk a day, drink milkshakes, um, donuts, anything dude, just to get calories. And that was the biggest yep. thing was just calories, get it in. So that's what I did. I drank a gallon of whole milk a day, dude, in high school. Crazy. My mom would, we couldn't keep enough whole milk in the house. And that's how I put on a lot of weight. And it was, it was crazy. I, I, I started making gainer shakes. I used to gainer powders um, with whole milk and like bananas and peanut butter. Like the freaking shakes didn't have enough calories oh, yeah. in it already, the powder. <laughs> and then I would just eat anything and everything on top of that just to try to put on weight. So that was kind of like poor advice. And those are like my main struggles that I identified looking back on. Anything yeah. else to add on that? Yeah, I think there's a few things. So we're talking mostly about gaining weight. But when you're losing weight, I think it's even more important when you're trying to lose weight. Some kids, um, either they're in high school and they're, they're scrawny, they want to gain weight, whether it's for sports or just to go to college and have some muscle. Um, or post-college, you just want to have some muscle. Or a lot of people want to lose weight as well. And I think sometimes when, when people talk about losing weight, you get focused on the fad diets like I'm doing, a carnivore diet, a keto diet, some kind of diet. Oh, yeah. You want to just do a diet. But I think what's really important, like we mentioned, is tracking your food um, using an app like MyFitnessPal. I'm sure there's a ton of other really good apps out there. It's really important. Also, get like a cheap digital scale. You can go in from Target for like 15 bucks and you can weigh all your food that you're going to that you're gonna eat um, so you know exactly how much you're eating. I used to make burgers and I thought they were like quarter pounders <laughs> and I weighed them. They're like nine ounces each. And I'm like, all right, yeah. these this is double the calories I thought I was eating. Um, <laughs> so just simple stuff like weighing your food is really big. And also tracking the sauces and liquids you're eating. I know for a lot of people, um, people like to have their morning coffee. They put in the creamer, they put in the sugar. And before you know it, you got a 200 calorie little coffee shake every morning um, that can be adding calories or just 
different sauces and stuff. If you're getting subs, people put on mayo or different stuff that can add a lot of calories. Um, and then small things that people don't even recognize, which can impact um, your diet is like nuts. Like I eat a handful of peanuts or trail mix and have a couple handfuls of that. And that's a few hundred calories too. So if you're trying to lose weight, just some simple stuff to take out is the creamers, the, the extra snacking on the nuts, the sauces, all that stuff can be avoided. And then like you were saying, shopping was really big. Um, luckily I've got two other brothers and my dad and my mom. So we got a, we have a sizable amount of food in the house, but yeah, it was the same thing. Like I wanted, I wanted to have enough food to cook all the time. And I also, during the bulk, I had to learn how to cook because my mom's not around all day to cook. All. She's, she's at work. My dad's at work. I got to learn how to cook, especially on the weekends. So shopping at places, like you said, um, it can be Walmart, Wegmans, or other wholesale places like Costco, BJ's, um, stuff like that. Sam's Club can all be really important. And then I think there's like a good base of foods you can get that are affordable, whether in college, you're meal prepping or post-college and you're living in your apartment or house. Things like chicken thighs, um, chicken breast, ground beef, um, just some simple pork, rice, potatoes. Um, you can get a whole chicken, rotisserie chicken, eggs, oatmeal cream of rice, like all that stuff is really affordable foods that are healthy, that can help you lose or gain weight. So I think going to those places, shopping for your own food, learning how to cook, whether you're trying to gain or lose weight or just recomp is all really helpful and important. Um, what in any phase of life, you can learn how to cook in high school, college, or after but I think that's a really good skill to have, especially when you're trying to optimize um, your just your body in general. Yeah, absolutely. I think my biggest tips on uh, dieting or, or trying to make diet uh, understandable and easy for a first timer or something like that, gaining or losing weight. Um, oh, yo, shout outs, uh, Zevia. That's a Zevia, right? Yeah, it's Zevia. Dude, yeah. I absolutely love Zevias. <laughs> Let's get a sponsorship. Those are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I do you the know, cherry it's... cola one. Oh, really? I don't, I only like root beer. That's the only soda I like. Uh, soda I like. So this is, it's just, um, it's just like diet, um, soda, but it has stevia instead of never drink calories. Ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's naturally sweetened. Yep. There you go. The seltzer. Yep. Seltzers. I'm an addict, dude. Straight addict. It's a will <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But okay. So, uh, so that's getting back to it, uh, making it easier for losing or gaining weight, no matter what, I think the biggest thing is going to be one, finding something that's going to fit your lifestyle. So if it's something mm -hmm. that is completely unattainable for you to do uh, long-term, especially, then it's going to be like a fad diet. Like you were saying, you're going to do it for a few weeks, a few months, maybe, and then you're going to fall off and all that progress is definitely <clears throat> going to be hindered or completely flushed down the toilet. So uh, I think the biggest thing initially is finding something that's sustainable to you, uh, whether that be <clears throat> meal prepping, um, cooking your meals every day, um, finding healthy fast food options that you can go to and, and still hit your calories or, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that you could do, but finding something that is suitable for you. So if eating six meals a day isn't suitable for you, don't do it. Yep. Get those calories into four meals. You know what I mean? So that's that's the biggest thing for me, whether you want to gain or lose weight is finding something that's going to fit you. <clears throat> Next, moving on would probably be to find your maintenance calories and then yep. learning how to track calories from there. So finding your maintenance can be done in a few different ways. There's a bunch of calculators online that you can do. Uh, there's the Harris-Benedict formula, which is what I use. I think it's fairly accurate. Um, but a quick way to do it is just take your body weight. This is super simple and not very accurate, but take your body weight and multiply it between 14 and 16. So 14 being at the low end of uh, activity level and 16 being at like a very high end. That's like the super basic way to do it. Uh, to find your maintenance calories and your maintenance calories is just your calorie set point that if you eat that every single day, you're not going to gain weight. You're going to stay the mm -hmm. same. So say you want to lose weight. What do you do? 
you take away calories from your maintenance calories. Um, and you can take anywhere from 100 to 500 calories uh, it would be a solid range if you're looking for someone who wants to lose weight. And if you're somebody who wants to gain weight, adding 100 to 500 calories and kind of just judging the results based on that. Like if you're, if you take out 500 calories and you start losing like five pounds a week, and that's a little too much. You know what I mean? <clears throat> if you add 500 calories and you start getting a little too fluffy for your liking, then that's, you added a little too much. So finding a maintenance calories and then going from there would be probably my second best option to make it easier. <clears throat> And then just kind of find foods that your body agrees with. Because if you're eating a diet, and this goes back to finding an, uh, an achievable, attainable diet, um, finding foods that your body agrees with. So like, if you're someone who hates chicken, but you're going to try to follow a chicken and rice meal plan four times a day for however long, you're not going to, your body's not going to like it and you're not going to, you're not going to sustain to it. So find foods that one are easily digestible for you that don't cause you to bloat. Uh, cutting or gaining weight this goes for mm -hmm. both finding foods that your body agrees with and that you like are going to be huge and it's going it, to for adherence purposes um, not just results and then the number one thing for adherence to any diet is meal prepping mm -hmm. and that's because of consistency and always being prepared people find themselves in pinches all the time whether they're gaining or losing <clears throat> and then they find themselves settling for going through the mcdonald's drive-thru and that's just because that's lack of preparation. If you're failing to prepare, you're preparing to fail. And that's a stupid oh, saying, yeah. but it's cliche, but whatever, it's true. Yeah, it's true. You have to be prepared and you have to have a plan, a plan of action every single day of how you're going to do and achieve things. So those are my biggest, yeah. I would say three to four biggest tips on diet and whether you want to lose or gain weight and just making it easy and simple. <clears throat> I yep. hope that sounded a little bit simple. I don't want it to be too no, it was, that's that's good. And I think, like you were saying, I think creating goals is massive. So if you, whatever, you're, you're 200 pounds and you want to be 240, you want to create short-term goals and then you want to have long-term goals as well. So you, your long-term goal is be 240 and not be fat as fuck. You want to have, so you want to still be lean at 240 and you're 200 and you're pretty lean and you want to gain that weight. But throughout the time, you, if you, if your long-term goal is just 240 and you don't have any other goals in between, like hitting protein or gaining one pound a week or increasing strength and endurance, you're not going to get there in a successful manner or a manner that's as effective. So if you have a short-term goal, of, okay, every month I'm going to gain three pounds, and in two years, I'm going to become, I'm going to, I'm going to become 240 or whatever. Like that's going to be more effective because then every, or every week you want to gain one pound. Okay. I'm going to gain a pound this week. I'm going to make sure I hit my body weight and protein every day. I'm going to make sure I exercise five to six times a week. And if you, if you hit these short-term goals every time, it's going to make the long-term goals more just attainable. So I think that's really important to have is we always talk about that in football is having short-term goals. Um, and that's really important. So you don't fall off the wagon too. If you, if you don't have any short-term goals, you want to be 240 and then you're not eating a lot and you're 195, you're like, man, I can't gain 45 pounds. But if you just chip away every week or every month and hit these little goals, you have, you gain more confidence on your way to achieving your long-term goal. Short-term goals, long-term mindset. I think that's perfect. Yep. That'd yeah. Be, yeah. That's most optimal because you don't want to have a short-term mindset, short-term goals, or, or I'm sorry, the other way around short-term mindset, long-term goals, because then you're going to expect results within a week. You're going to expect yep. results in two weeks. You're going to expect to be at your peak condition in a month. And that's just not true. Mm -hmm. So short-term goals is great, but having a long-term mindset where you know that the process is going to take a little bit to achieve is even better. Yeah. 
yeah, I was talking to Melon about kind of like goals and planning. I'm like, all right, so if we're going to drive to California and our destination is California, we need to figure out how to get there. And if we don't know how to get like having a long-term goal with no short-term plan is basically let's drive to California and having short-term goals is like, okay, in a mile, we got to take a left to get on the highway to get there. And if you don't have any short-term goals, you're not going to get to California because you don't know how to get there from Buffalo. And it's the same thing in planning. Absolutely. That's a great analogy. Honestly, that was great. Um, so that's kind of, the, that's our advice in beginning a diet. A lot of people, maybe if you're watching, you've never, um, really focused on a diet, whether you're gaining weight, losing weight, or whether you just want to stay at the same weight, but kind of improve your, your body composition as a whole. So that's kind of our experience at firsthand, um, dieting, especially in high school. And then kind of our recommendations now we're going to kind of go into diet and nutrition in college, what we learned throughout our college football career and, uh, kind of what we've taken away, um, now in post-grad. So what are your experiences with uh, nutrition and diet in college, especially your first couple of years? Uh, r real quick. Sorry. I don't want to like yeah, go sorry. back too much. No, you're fine, dude. Oh, you're good. Absolutely fine. Um, ju I just think this is something that could be really important and, and good for guys, especially younger guys, uh, maybe in college or whatever. Um, keep, how to make it cheap. If we could just cover that real super fast. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like how I was going to make... cover this in, in the next, in the next segment, but yeah, this is, this oh, is good. Okay. All right. Do you want no, to wait, just wait? wait? No. No, you can okay. just go right now. It's easier. All right, cool. So yeah, I think making a good ways to uh, make dieting cheap because it can be expensive, especially if you're buying raw fruits and veg and, and straight up meat all the time, it can be very expensive. So mm -hmm. buy frozen, buying frozen, frozen fruit, frozen veggies. If they flash freeze them, dude, the quality is the same. Um, yeah. and, and it's perfect. A lot of the frozen veg come in like steamable bags. So you just throw the whole bag in a microwave. Mm -hmm. So frozen fruit, frozen veggies is way cheaper than buying them fresh. And then also you can do frozen meats. I would be careful with some of them because some of them can be heavily processed and salted, but like salmon, uh, cod, a lot of the fish, shrimp, all that frozen meats, super cheap, um, yeah. way better. And then buying in bulk. So things in bulk that are super cheap. So those are your like proteins and then uh, bulk carbs, rice and potatoes. You can buy like a 10 bag of a 10 pound bag of potatoes, any kind of potatoes for like five bucks. You can buy a 20 pound bag of rice, which will last you at least a month, depending on how often you're eating rice. And uh, that's what, like 15, 16 bucks. So that's huge. And then protein powder, honestly, per gram of protein powder, or I'm sorry, per gram of protein, protein powder is the best, like one of the best or top ranked uh, price per like gram of protein, if that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, per gram sense. of protein, yeah. Uh, so protein powder is another great one and it's an easy 25 30 grams of protein depending on which brand you're buying another one is buying store brand instead of name brand so like you don't want to be that guy walking around with a great value water bottle right but it's cheaper do it who cares do it buy the mm -hmm. buy the buy the store brand um finding stores like aldi's or those wholesale stores like mm -hmm. you were saying costco bj's um sam's club things like that uh, they always have great deals on bulk, which is great for cutting or bulking. And I guess the cheapest like meat quality products would probably be like pork. Like I know pork is super, super Chicken cheap. Thighs. Chicken thighs are very, 99, very cheap. 99 cents a pound. Yeah. Yep. And uh, again, you just got to find a good quality in them. So if like you're going out and you're buying a pre-marinated pork loin, eh, it's probably not the best, but they have... Um, super lean cuts of pork at the store that are fairly cheap and chicken thighs chicken thighs don't have anything on them i mean you just got to clean up the fat a little bit on them but yeah, super cheap great quality protein 
Yep. Um, those are my biggest ones. What about you? Yeah, I think, like you said, um, you hit the nail on the head with the veggies and and, uh, and fruit because I'm a sucker for buying fresh fruit or veggies and then not making them in time. They get spoiled. And if I bought the same amount of fruit and veggies, but I just put them in my freezer and I only made half them that I bought the store, I still I don't have to waste the other half. And I'm just the idiot who buys 15 bucks of fresh fruit and veggies and then makes five bucks worth of it just because I want to be healthy. And then I'm just I'm busy. I didn't pre-make my veggies. And then it just doesn't work out well. And then for meat, yeah, I'd, I'd say um, buy in bulk. You don't like in Wegmans or any stores, they sell like the one pound container of the ground beef or just a little bit of chicken breast. Buy as big as possible. Buy some gallon bags. Freeze whatever you don't eat. So I used to buy, they'd have like a chicken breast sale and it'd be like a buck 50 for a pound of chicken. And I'd buy whatever, like 10, 15 pounds of chicken. I know I'm only going to cook five this week. I'll freeze the rest of it and wait. And then that's, I'm, I'm spending 15, 20 bucks on chicken, but that lasts me three weeks. The same thing with ground beef. I just did it. I just made burgers and then I'll freeze the rest of them. I got a massive container of them and you can freeze the rest. Um, and then I think, like you said, rice, I get it at Costco, like a 25, 25 pound bag of Jasmine rice is last me. Like, I don't know, at least a month during a season, like a month now. Yeah, I don't even, that's what yeah, I was saying. Like, depends on what you how, eat it. Yeah. But most people goals. it's gonna, it's gonna last you a while. Yeah. Potatoes the same way, but pota- and potatoes are really filling too. So it's a great thing to have. Um, and they're super affordable. You can make them so many different ways in the air fryer bake. You can make them the hash browns in the morning with your uh, eggs, so many different ways to make them. So I think that's all really good advice and they're all cheap options, especially going to those whole food stores and places like Aldi, get your um, cheapest store brand stuff and go from there and you'll be good. Absolutely. I think we hit the nail on the head with that. Yep. Cool. Cool. So now, now we can kind of dive into, um, oh, sorry. We can kind of dive into college nutrition, um, kind of what we experienced going to college, how our mindset about nutrition changed and how it impacted our performance. Um, what were some kind of key takeaways that you could, you could think of, um, from your first couple years in college? Um, well, just to start, like I started taking nutrition classes in college fairly early to get my towards the minor degree in nutrition there at Buffalo. Um, and that kind of really, no, that would not have been the first thing, but I did start taking them super early. I'd say the first thing would be YouTube honestly, YouTube oh, yeah. and eBooks and things like that, that I came across um, were the biggest things that initially sparked my um, deeper dive into nutrition, especially during college. Cause that's when it really mattered the most. And when I started to um, take, take it by the reins, the most um, was in college because I knew it played such an important role uh, on performance and <clears throat> on the field and in the gym. Um, besides that, I kind of just like, I mean, obviously, as I kept going now post-college, which we're going to cover later, but post-college, like I got my, uh, I'm an ISSA, ISSA certified master trainer with like a specialization in, in, in nutrition. So that's kind of another thing that helped me. I took a bunch of classes with that. Um, I said the YouTube and eBooks, like the Stan Efforting vertical diet eBook. That's great. Oh yeah. Uh, if people haven't read that, they need to hop on that wave. <clears throat> Um, and then I think a little bit later we have, uh, we're talking about like the nutritionist and stuff and the feeling station. So I'll wait on that, yeah. but that was kind of like okay. my initial thing. Yeah. So I think a good thing to talk about is, um, first, so when you get the college, say as your freshman, you got to figure out how to first navigate the dining hall. I think that's a really important thing, um, that can be covered. And I think, like we said, we got to 
prioritize the healthy foods, prioritize protein, um, healthy carbs, like potatoes, rice, and all that stuff. And try to avoid the, the whole aisles of cookies and cakes and cereals and all that stuff, which we hit up quite often at C3 in Buffalo. For those um, vegan, those vegan chocolate chip cookies. Yep. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, they hit, they're good. Um, so I think, yeah, just building a, a quality base when you're going to these dining halls, the freshman 15 can be real for a lot of people. So I think that's a good thing. If you're in college, you're going to college to, to think about is just eating healthy, the dining halls, just because you have unhealthy foods everywhere. doesn't mean you have to eat them. Um, and then I think also when you're, uh, when, at least for me, when I was in college, I, especially, um, not having a meal plan, I made sure to cook my, all my food. So I'd always, every Sunday I would finish my homework and then for like five hours, I would just cook everything. So I would cook my, I would cook some chicken, um, I would cook like the yeah, chicken breast. It'd be burgers. Then I'd make rice. Um, that was before I had a rice cooker. So I'd make it in the pot and boil it. And I'd have to make sure I made it right. Then I'd make baked potatoes and then I'd make hard boiled eggs. Um, that was usually like my week. And then sometimes I would add some pork in there. Um, some pork tenderloin is really good sometimes too. And, um, and then whatever vegetables I would just have like the frozen broccoli tossed in the pot and steam them. And that was it. But I think really prepping your meals, especially in college, whether you're playing a sport or whether you're not playing a sport or whether you're just working, um and you're out of college like you said the prepping the meals picking a day to just make them just get it over with because sometimes like people want to make fresh meals every day but then you get lazy and then you want to go out so I think in college um at least for me I noticed it was really important to prep meals because then when I'm at the stadium or whatever I'm at the stadium from 6 to 11 then I have my lunch right after then I go to class and then I come back to the stadium eat my next meal watch some film I come home eat my last meal like everything's ready I'm busy as hell and I don't have time to cook I don't have time to worry about any of that. I just pop in the microwave, boom, you're good. So the convenience factor of making your food in advance, put in the fridge, put in some Tupperware or some glass containers and microwaving them is massive. That's really one of the biggest things I learned right away. And that was like when we had the nutrition interns and stuff, we learned about protein, fat, carbs, so I could figure out how, how much I wanted to eat of everything more than I knew in high school. And um, that's kind of, that was kind of my mindset throughout college. What were you going to say? Uh, just going back and touching on the navigating the dining halls, I think that's huge and can be super mm -hmm. beneficial because the first the freshman 15 is incredibly real. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, I think you touched on it pretty good there. Um, just to like kind of reiterate or add on to that, prioritizing protein as the foundation of the meal and not, oh my God, I think I caught it. No, anyways prioritizing protein is the foundation of the meal. So I used to like try to fill my plate with like at least 40 to 50% protein, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. Um, and a clean source of protein. So not like a, a highly processed, highly palatable protein, which is like a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Like a hot dog or like the fried chicken over by yeah. uh, the, the Asian aisle that they had over there, the super good yeah. orange chicken that they always had. So nothing like that. I would go to the main aisle and I would find like the chicken breasts or like if they had burgers that night, I would just do burgers with no buns or something like that. I would find yep. a better carb source um, and, and things like that. So I used to prioritize protein and then kind of make everything else fit without like that highly palatable processed foods. You know what I mean? I would try to keep it as basic as possible. And they always had a, they always had a clean, clean. They always had a clean carb source and a clean veggie source to pick from. The protein was yeah. always kind of like on edge, but like you could still get it done. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could still get uh, your protein goal for that day. So prioritizing protein would be huge. Avoiding the highly processed palatable foods and then eat to fuel yourself. It can be hard, especially for a guy like me or you who are big guys at an all-you-can-eat buffet. 
you swipe yeah. and you got all you can eat. Yeah. So kind of just like not limiting yourself, especially if you're an athlete, but just kind of knowing what you need and not going crazy overboard with it. Um, Cause if you're, even if you're eating all that healthy food, but if you eat six plates of it, you're going to go way overboard and then you're going to deal with the same thing you would, even if you had one plate of the unhealthy food. So yeah. just kind of like identifying you're eating to fuel yourself. You're not eating to win a competition, which yeah. I know we had a few there at C3. <laughs> <laughs> the burger, yeah, we did. We had a few the bur burger contest. <laughs> I can put down some burgers and pizza back in the day too. Um, so I think those are really good. Um, focusing on, you know, meal prepping, um, eating healthy at dining halls, focusing on protein. Yep. As far as meal prepping goes, I would say just some like quick tips. Get a rice cooker, like you were saying. Mm, yep uh, air fryers are big um a crock pot or like a pressure cooker those are like the three best friends that you can have and like say like a <clears throat> like a microwavable steamer for like broccoli or like any one of your veg have like a microwavable yeah. or like a pot steamer that you can use so like those are some key things to utilize and make meal prepping a lot easier oh yeah and then a lot of like apartment complex and stuff will have grills on the side or if your buddy has a grill, like I'd go over to Jake's house and just grill hella shit. Um, if it was rain shine, I'll just go over there grill. Like I love and just food. I for me at least tastes better grilling chicken than oven baked chicken. Oh yeah. Um, just a little more flavor. So, yeah, I have a grill, air fryer, crock pots or fire, um, all that stuff. Instant pot for rice is the only way I make rice now. So Dude. all that stuff is huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so going um, to our next topic here. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah. ahead. So I was just want to touch on a little bit of some more things we learned in college first was I want to talk a little bit about uh, about hydration. I think sometimes that goes overlooked, um, especially as athletes. I, we always think about just chugging water, um, but it's, it's it comes down to more than that. And I know you know a little bit more about nutrition than me, but I think explaining how salt and electrolytes, magnesium, potassium are all really important for being hydrated in the gym or on the field or just in general being hydrated, you're going to perform better, whether it's your job or whether it's a game or whether it's um, training. So I think um, that's, it's a really important thing that we learned from our nutrition interns and our nutritionists at UB um, that I kind of overlooked throughout my career until later on, which really got explained to me. What do you, what do you kind of think about the importance of hydration? Yeah. Hydration and electrolytes is huge. And that's, you know, it's kind of weird that we had that uh, pee color thing chart in front of every single urinal, yeah. but it's, <laughs> it's true. People will come in there and their pee would be brown. And that's why we yeah. had those hydration tests, but not only drinking water, but making sure you have the electrolytes. So like you said, um, table salt, so sodium and chloride, um, and then potassium, magnesium are going to be the biggest um, electrolytes that you want to keep balanced. So NACL, table salt, and potassium, mm -hmm. magnesium. And those are all things that I supplement with on a daily basis. I salt all my foods and then I have a uh, solid foundation of potassium. I don't like taking potassium pills. I don't think they're very well absorbed. Um, kind yeah. of just a waste of money, but I do take a magnesium supplement at night. <clears throat> Me too. So yeah, exactly. So I think not only drinking water, but having those proper um, uh, electrolytes imbalance is huge. And a lot of them you can just get from your diet. So like I said, salting your foods or... <clears throat> certain uh veggies and, and things like that have those in them yeah and then i think another good thing to mention having to do with performance is the nutrient timing aspect of eating i think that's something i didn't really understand i know you've got a really a big grasp on that now as a trainer um a nutritionist 
Um, what, are, what are your main recommendations when you're trying to time up nutrients for success, whether you're performing on the field or um, just in the gym? Yeah, so um, I think there's one time of the day, too, sorry, that I think nutrient timing is most beneficial, and that's mm -hmm. pre and post-workout. Other than that, I kind of feel like you can work your nutrients and, and calories in however you feel and whatever fits your life the best. But pre and post workout, yes, I think there is a key um, factor in nutrient timing. And the biggest things that you want to utilize or prioritize in those pre and post workouts are going to be your carbs and protein. And you're going to want to keep your fat low. And this is for a few reasons. Carbs and protein. Carbs are going to fuel your workout. So say we're talking about pre-workout here. Um, you want to have a heavy foundation of carbs in there. Um, if you're an athlete, if you're somebody who follows keto or carnivore or something like that, obviously you're not going to follow this completely, but in general, <clears throat> um, carbs, you're going to have a heavy onset of carbs. And that's just generally you want quicker digesting carbs as well. So like a white rice or like fruit or something like that. Um, and that's just so it fuels your workout. It, it's giving you that glucose and glycogen to, uh, fuel your workouts and then protein. Obviously you want to have a lot of good source of protein in those pre-workout meals as well, because it's going to start once you start tearing down your muscles during the workout, you're already going to have a little bit of protein in your body to start that muscle protein synthesis uh, for repair. So those are the two biggest ones. And then you want to keep fat low. And the only reason you want to keep fat low pre-workout and post-workout is because you want fat slows the, di the digestion of these nutrients down. So if you have a heavy fat meal, it's got protein and carbs in it too. Those proteins and carbs are going to be slowly digested way slower because of that fat fat is nine calories per gram and it's a much slower digesting nutrient than carbs and protein yeah. sorry so that's why you want to keep those lower pre and post and then for post-workout it's the same thing i want a fast digesting carb white rice generally is what i do and i want a good source of protein with a moderate to low fat content so those can be digested for muscle protein synthesis right after the workout is over and uh um to restore the glucose and spike the insulin after the workout. Um, as far as meal timing, my workout, my pre-workout meal, it's kind of preference-based. Uh, if you're somebody who needs a little bit extra time, I would say aim for like an hour and a half before your workout. I can do it anywhere from like 30 minutes before. And then as far as post-workout meal, if you work out fasted, it's much more important to get a post-workout meal in sooner. Like you want to get it within that an hour or two after the workout. If you don't work out fasted and you have a good pre-workout meal still in your body, people say you need a protein shake 30 minutes after your lift. That's just not true. You can go five to six hours between meal periods uh, while still working out. So um, post-workout nutrition, maybe within an hour or two after uh, you finish yeah. the, uh, the workout. Sorry, I just had something pop up here. You're good. Go, Go ahead. ahead. So yeah, I think that's really, really good advice um, for the carb. I know I just finished the vertical dive book yesterday too. And he mentions how it's really important to have the carbs pre and post um, and carbs can actually be anabolic compared to um, fat, which takes up a lot of time to digest. And then kind of want to switch topics uh, a little bit into kind of some helpful supplements that we, we found helpful throughout um, college and just in general, and I'll, I'll go through a few of mine and then uh, throw it over to you. Um, I think one of the biggest ones that everyone thinks of is pre-workout. That's like the number one. Everyone's like, you got to have your good pre-workout, the caffeine. Um, I'm kind of there. I'm a, like a half stim junkie, half not uh, a lot of, I like coffee. I like something in the system uh, before, before working out for sure. Um, and I love having caffeine with nothing, no food in the stomach that just gets me going. Um, so having a nice 
coffee, uh, wake up, have some coffee and then work out or just have some coffee and then just go write a paper, do some work. And I just feel way more locked in with having nothing in my stomach, having that fasted caffeine is really nice. Um, but I think pre-workout can be helpful if you're, like we mentioned last episode, if you're not sleeping that well in college and you need to perform well and you don't have a time to take off, then yeah, pre-workout can be helpful. I wouldn't recommend um, getting too used to it. If you take it just like day in, day out forever, you're just relying on it. And without caffeine, you're screwed. Because you build a tolerance. So you, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I like to do like if I do three or four days on, then I'll make sure I take a day off or two days off. So I always try to just make sure I'm not getting too reliant on it. I know today I had no caffeine and it was like, damn, um, but <laughs> we're almost done. So it's just got to take off sometimes. Um, and then I was going to also mention vitamin D is really important. I know, especially for northern latitudes like us in uh, Buffalo and Rochester, having the lack of sunlight for at least six months of the year can be really impactful, whether it's for testosterone or your mental health. And all of that. So having vitamin D and adequate uh, supplementation of vitamin D can be really important as well. What are your thoughts on the vitamin D and caffeine? Yeah, so I kind of break down supplements into necessities versus accessories. That's pretty much what I break it down into. Um, yep. I think the two ex the, the two necessities that I have listed, and they're not even necessities, but they're the most well studied and um, uh, renowned, I guess you could say supplements on the market, and that's going to be creatine and a protein powder. That's really if you were to buy any supplements, like if you felt the need that you really needed to buy a supplement, I would invest in creatine and a protein. Those are going to be your two best bets. They're very well studied. They're proven to work. Um, your body produces creatine and your body needs protein to recover. So those are going to be the two necessities. As far as accessories, um, I have listed here, what do I have? So I have like a multivitamin. I got fish oils, pre-workout, uh, digestive pills, BCAs, EAAs, intra-workouts, vitamin D, vitamin C. However, you are correct if you we are somebody who is living in in these higher, uh, what did you say? Nor Northern latitudes. Northern latitudes. Wise <laughs> words from Jack Lang. So if you're somebody who's living up upstate, um, having a solid uh, foundation of vitamin D is huge. And uh, again, I know Stan Efferding talks about, talks about the vitamin D consumption a lot, as well as vitamin C with, he does, all, he, he, he preaches uh, orange juice, but um, you know, they do sell vitamin C pills and vitamin D pills and things like that. So I think those are all great. Um, but if, again, if you have your diet nailed in, that's why I put those as accessories because you can get all that through your diet. Yeah, sure. They can help in having, um, oh, another good one for accessory would be like a greens powder kind of goes with digestion. Um, yeah. but yeah, they can help, um, if you lack in certain areas, you know what I mean? So like the vitamin D that's great for us up North who we might lack it, but if you don't lack it and you're getting a proficient amount through your diet, I think those are all accessory items. So that's kind of my take on the supplement world, just kind of, kind of trying to, uh, save you guys some money out there. Yeah. I, I agree with that for sure. Um, yeah, the, the um, I, so I had, I took creatine. I don't know if it ever really like clicked for me. I know a lot of guys find a ton of, um, a ton of help for whether it's just gaining a little bit of weight or gaining a little bit of strength for creatine protein powder is massive, especially if you're in a pinch, you don't have time to have a meal, bring a protein shake with you. You got 50 grams of protein quick, two scoops in there. Um, I think vitamin D can definitely be helpful. I know it's been proven to help testosterone as well, especially go get your blood tested from your doctor. You can test for vitamin D if you're low, take it. If not, don't worry about it. Um, I know vitamin C for immune health, zinc, magnesium. Also, I take, um, 
and I know they're just helpful. Um, fish oil I take because I don't eat a lot of fish and I want to get my EPA and DHA. Um, and it also helps for joint health. So if you eat your salmon, don't worry about it. Um, if you don't, then I guess it's a good thing to supplement with. And then, yeah, I think the shakes are, can be really helpful for gaining weight. Um, like you were saying, but I think sometimes if you're losing weight, try to avoid protein shakes, maybe a little bit, if you can, because they're not as, they're not as filling as a meal. So instead of having a protein shake, if you've got eight, 10 ounces of chicken breast, that's going to fill you up way more. Um, so that's a good thing to mention. I've never really taken BCAAs or EAAs. Um, and then some other supplements I was kind of, I've always been interested in, but never took was there's BPC 157 and then there's TB 500, which, which are both peptides, um, which are help full for more of, um, impacting or helping your, your joints or whatever injuries. So I've looked into that. I know I've had, uh, back injuries and some shoulder and some other stuff. And I've looked into those peptides a lot because I've heard of UFC fighters and other people using them. Um, so those are other kind of interesting things that I want to look into more in the future. And then stem cells, PRP, also kind of interesting, um, kind of supplements that people use that are all, I don't know, really interesting. So, um, anything else to say about those? Oh, no, I think that's all super interesting as well. Do you know the guys that go to Mexico and get their uh, stem cell treatments and stuff like that? <laughs> I think it's crazy. And, and yeah, they see a lot that? of, yeah, they see a lot of benefits from it too. Um, I know Joe Rogan's a big proponent about that. Um, but yeah, as far as the peptides and stuff like that, I'm not too familiar with. Um, if we had a podcast developed towards secret supplements, um, I would be maybe a little bit better uh verse on those but i'm i'm not too profound to in find the, somebody. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah i'll have to find somebody bring them on and talk about it but I, I don't know i'm i always those are like the healing supplements too they're not even like steroids or something and they're kind of more in the hgh family than um testosterone but the bbc yep. 157 and the tv 500 i know they're used by um high performers high, are they um, SARMs? High performers, is, that, so. is that what they are no are no they they're SARMs? no they're they're peptides so they're a version of hgh okay they're okay. like in I that family you. Okay. Yeah. Looking through it. I know a lot of the SARMs have those like LGD. Yeah. And then a whole bunch no. of number <laughs> names. Yeah. No, they're not. It's nothing to do. It's it's not for like muscle. It's just for okay. joint health. Yeah. Um, I gotcha. That's that's the only reason. More place, more dates talked about it to get them out. Okay. Um, that's kind of how I first realized it. And then when I got hurt, I want I looked into it, but I have no idea how to get any of this stuff. Um right. and don't know anything about it. But it was just kind of interesting stuff to I don't know. I like to look into it more and talk about well, it. More. I had a PRP shot in my uh, knee when I tore my MCL okay. against Penn State. Oh, okay. How'd that work? It was. Uh, Did it help intense. at all or no? Um. Uh, no, I don't think it really did anything yeah. crazy. Uh, yeah. So I, I guess um, PRP platelet-rich plasma. They 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 take your blood out. They spin it. They put it back in the injured area. Yeah, and that's a super yeah. super short and to the point. Uh, definition right there um but yeah it's exactly what they do and the needle is absolutely massive um and that's all i would have to say about it because i don't want to go back to that day yeah i got i had a similar experience i didn't get prp but i got cortisone shot in my back Ooh. and my ankle this year and those were both just like the needle yeah the needle is big and it was um it was very interesting so luckily the back i didn't have to watch and the ankle's kind of weird but it's all good yeah didn't so, you like will... break your scapula yeah. A scapula yeah i did that um i was um skateboarding i was in high school though yeah i was penny boarding if we're talking about obscure injuries man i got a lot of them freaking but tony I was hawk over there <laughs> yeah i was um i was on a penny board which is also like a long board but smaller um which does not bode well for me because i'm 
large. And I was going down this big hill uh, back home and got the speed wobble going, completely ate shit. And I um, broke my helmet. I was wearing a helmet. Thank my God. helmet exploded on the pavement. Um, my shoulder was bleeding and my knee and my elbow, and I still have scars on all of them. And then, yeah, I do my shoulder was hurting for a while. I eventually went to the doctor and then they're like, yeah, you broke your, uh, I went like three weeks later. They're like, you broke your scapula, but it's healing up pretty well. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, your scapula is like the massive shoulder blade on your back. Like yeah. it is no chump bone. That is a big bone. So yeah, I, imagine it was the just impact. like, I don't even know. Yeah, it was wild, dude. I remember that was a good, interesting time. So a lot of weird injuries in my, uh, in my childhood, just being an idiot. <laughs> um so then now i think we've kind of covered the basis of kind of college nutrition um high school the importance of meal prepping and um and i think now we can kind of go into our post-grad diet nutrition experiences i know i want i kind of want to hear about how do you go so you finished football whether you're 230 240 and then you went from under you went to under 200 how'd that how that experience go how'd that uh, whole process go yeah so let's uh get this straight i was 242 pounds so okay big body yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I did. I do. I did lose a little bit. But once I got to Kentucky, I, I started balking again. I got up to like 242, 241 uh, regularly. But yeah, so basically, um, and this is something that I kind of want to touch on. It goes kind of like with mental health. I was always that bigger kid growing up. <clears throat> um, I was always considered the big kid. I was never like super fat, but I was definitely husky. You know what I mean? Like I was yeah. definitely a big a, bone. Yeah, right. I've heard that so many times in my life. And oh, I yeah. hate that saying. It's just a nice way of saying you're fat, buddy. <clears throat> but um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was still always get the, it. Yeah, I was always the bigger guy. And, and as much as I liked being bigger because I was much taller as well, but I was also considerably heavier than most of my peers. And I noticed this around third grade. I noticed I was big. And, and what are you? How old are you in third grade? Like eight? I think eight. Yeah. yeah so like eight years old i'm already noticing like oh, i'm getting a little self-conscious by fourth grade i was a kid that always wanted to wear a shirt in the pool that's just oh, who yeah. i was and i love my brother i love my friend my brother's friends now um but back in the day it, it really took a toll on me um mentally i was definitely mentally scarred from a young age just by being mm -hmm. teased um yeah. and i'm sure a lot of people can connect with this <clears throat> and like i said i wasn't even that big dude but just being teased about it repeatedly, like it got into my head. Um, my brother, my, sorry, I'm uh, coming after my brother a little bit, but <laughs> uh, it's just cause it's bickering between brothers. He used to call me uh, snack shack and it used to, dude, it used to bother me to the fullest. Like I'll get so mad and looking back on it, it's funny now, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So just being bullied and stuff like that. And um it, it really did take a toll on me. So when I decided that I wanted to play football, fast forward about 10 years in the end of my junior year of high school, I was like, well, at this point, I was starting to get skinnier and I was feeling better about myself. <clears throat> and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to put back on weight because I need to for football. So I did. And a lot of those kind of emotions came back to me once I started putting on the weight, especially once I did it super fast. Um, I got really self-conscious again, especially because I knew the weight that I put on wasn't the best. Um, a lot of it was muscle, but a lot of it was fat as well. So um, I kind of got back to that husky, big boned look and I hated it, dude. I absolutely hated it. I got up to like 265 um, freshman year, especially after I broke my foot, I was really heavy, um, all of that. And it kind of just, 
it took another toll on me. And it was kind of like to the point where I loved football, but I was struggling so hard mentally with just being that big and not comfortable with my body from that scarring from such a young age. And it sounds crazy, but like, dude, it's, it's, it's body dysmorphia is what it is. And um, so I definitely, you know, once I finished football, that post-grad that we're talking about, I couldn't Mm -hmm. wait to get back down and wait. I couldn't wait. So like I went full blown um, results motivated me. Any single result I saw, it was motivating. I loved it. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what I've been waiting for. I had a solid foundation of muscle on my body. So like I probably had 225 pounds of fat-free mass on my body. Yep. <clears throat> so like once I got on to 225, I was already shredded and like I had a bunch of muscle too. So um, the results motivated me. And then I just kind of like kept wanting to push. And I did this like, for a while, like after I was already at my goal, I was like, no, I got to see how far I can keep going just because of that mentally, like I was addicted to it. And it was like yeah. that mental scarring that just like kind of took over me. I was like, no, I need to see how far I can go. I can go farther. I can go far. Mm-hmm. I can struggle. I can suffer for a little bit longer. And yeah. I definitely overdid it hundred percent. And I got down to like 195 pounds. Um, and that was a number I never thought I would see again in my life. <clears throat> so I definitely overdid it. I, uh, affected my thyroid. I affected my testosterone a lot. Um, these are things that I, uh, dealt with for a while. I'm just starting to get back, uh, healthy again to a healthy body fat percentage. And I'm recovering the thyroid and, and the testosterone, uh, cause I definitely did damage on them, uh, doing it all naturally. So yeah, that was kind of my story, dude. It, it definitely stemmed from mental scarring and, and bullying and teasing from a young age. And I think it's super important that people do listen to this and, you know, kind of connect with it because you're not alone out there. A lot of people struggle with it and body dysmorphia is super real. And it's something that I struggle with today, putting back the weight on, dude, because I'm scared to death of body fat. Like, I don't want to see body fat. on. The, uh, you know what I mean? So like <laughs> saying that I'm on a lean bulk, it is a super, super long lean bulk. Like it is going slow, but I'm still making progress. And I can say that I'm making progress, which is good. Um, but it is severe because I wake up every day and I'm so food conscious because I don't want to put on fat. You know what I mean? It's body dysmorphia yeah. and it's, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely crazy. But um, I, I think, it, I think it's really good. You, you talked about it. I think there's, I think people can take a lot away from that. Um, from just, yeah. I mean, just starting from a young age, how much that impacts you. Um, no matter what age you are and recognizing that kids can get impacted from just being made fun of if they're a little chubby um, is really important to understand. And then I think <clears throat> another thing is if you're having these feelings like Zach, or I've, I've dealt with these myself, talk to your, and, and the people are encouraging you to gain weight, talk to them about why it's hard for you. Some guys are just can put on 20 pounds in, in two months and they're, the coaches tell them to gain weight and they're like, all right, I'll gain weight. And then some other guys, they struggle to gain weight. And then the coaches look at him and say, this guy's lazy. He doesn't want to gain weight. He doesn't want to do this. He's not for the team, but I really that dude. Yeah. I, and I've seen it, but, in, and then, but in actuality, it's not that you're selfish. It's not that you don't care about the team. It's not that you don't want to gain weight. You do want to gain weight, but you've had those past experiences where you've, you've dealt with being made fun of and it can happen in the locker room too. And you don't want that to happen again. And I don't think sometimes coaches even think about that. It's not like, I don't think they even consider that. Yeah. Maybe he's been through his past has been 
a little tougher when he was a little heavier. And I think that's an important thing for athletes. If you're listening to this, you can talk to your coaches about that. If they're telling you to gain 10, 15 pounds, explain to them your struggles, and then they can kind of relate to you a lot more. And I think that can really be helpful. That's definitely something that I should have done too, as uh, an athlete dealing shout out coach Lee, but I felt so bad because when I officially, when they moved me to receiver for a while, I got down to like 225 and then they moved me back to tight end and they were like, all right, we're going to need you to put back on weight. And I felt so bad because I knew it was going to be a struggle for me. And I think coach Sleeve knew too. Um, he just knew that I was a guy that liked my abs, I guess. Yeah. But it was so much <laughs> deeper than that. And like, I felt bad. And I almost felt like I was letting him down every single week that I didn't come in two, three pounds heavier. You know what I mean? And like, I didn't want him to think it's not because it's because I wasn't trying or anything like that. It was just, it was bad. And I probably could have benefited from, you know, speaking my mind and, being more open with him about it yeah i think it can just be easier um and it's extremely difficult to talk about any anything kind of internally sometimes we have struggles internally that are really tough to talk about um just with your parents or significant other let alone coaches who are results driven but it's i think it's really important to sometimes go over your mental health with somebody close to you in the athletics and that can really help so um I think that's, that can go for any athletes or just people in the workplace too. If you're working and your bosses demand something of you and, and there's other issues impacting you besides work, try to vocalize it. The more you can talk, the more you can communicate, the better um, all situations will go. And um, yeah, so I think that's really important that you talked about that. Um, anything else to talk about your, uh, how's the, how's the lean ball coming? What are you, what are you at now after, um, after the Wuhan flu? Yeah, <laughs> dude, I was trying to. I was trying to like remember what you what you called it, but uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't recall. I got you. That, that is funny. Um, yeah, so it's coming good. Like I definitely lost weight over COVID. Uh, yeah, it doesn't um, matter. COVID. Yeah. COVID. Yeah, uh-huh. there it is. So I definitely lost weight. Um, I was back up to I want to say around like two o two in the mornings. Um, so yeah, I went from like super slow lean bulk, um, yeah. averaging. Uh, I'm definitely not a pound a week guy. That's too intense for me. <laughs> I would say like a pound every like two weeks or so I'm happy with. So I'm getting back up there, but I definitely lost weight. So I'm down a little bit trying to get back up after uh, the sickness. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's coming around, but uh, let's, let's, let's switch gears over to you, my man. Enough about me. Let's talk a little bit more about the carnivore diet and kind of just your diet post-grad. Yeah. So throughout the season um, or throughout just football, I always, focused on having a ton of just food in general, typically 45,000 calories a day. A lot of it was force feeding, um, having to use, yeah, external sources to sometimes just get hungry. Um, and I know you experienced that too, is just eating a lot. And especially for O-line, uh, the position I played in football, you need to be heavy um, to just move people. Um, like they say, mass moves ass, you got to move people. And that's a really, uh, really important part of it. So I was always just force feeding. A lot of it was just ground beef, rice, um, a lot of different meal prepped foods. And then now post football, um, I ended football around like 295 to 300, give or take. And now I'm low 270s, um, just trying to eat as much protein as I can. I'm still tracking all my foods. I'm eating a little less than 3000 calories a day, trying to exercise about six days a week, um, and I just finished a vertical dye book. So I'm kind of bummed that I can't have all my oranges and potatoes and potassium and all that, but I'll get back to that. I'll probably start adding some fruits after the month is over and kind of just building back in. I've also had um, 
a chronic skin condition. Like my whole, I, I forgot what it's exactly called. I went to dermatologist, dermatologist a few years ago, but my whole skin just gets all like scaly peels all the way to my scalp, all the way down my whole body. Um, and it gets really bad sometimes. And it's, um, it's, my skin's a lot softer now. Um, just the past a couple of weeks. Yeah. So that's really been interesting because I've always had troubles with just condition. I've got to take antibiotics, which then mess up my stomach. Um, so then I can't really digest food a lot and antibiotics can sometimes make you more, um, just prone to getting sick. So I haven't taken those either. I've only had to meet. Um, so it's, it's actually been really nice losing weight. I know some of it's just from water because you're the carbs, um, soak up water in the muscles and stuff, but it's been, it's been a good experience. Um, I, I do feel a lot less bloated, which is nice. And, um, now I think even after I'm done eating carnivore, I'll kind of just focus on having, having a protein heavy um, diet and then having really just carbs when I'm working out. And then besides that, having fruits and veggies, but not having any crazy amounts of carbs. I used to have like three cups of rice every meal. Oh, yeah. I think that just got me so bloated and I was so tired and then I would have to be having caffeine no matter what, just to go take my classes and, and study. And now it's a lot easier, um, without all the carbs and force feeding, which is definitely nice. And looking to get to under 270, um, in January, I'm trying to lose around 10 pounds a month and uh just started running so i'm trying to do things that i hate doing which is like mm. lunges and running those are the two things i'm just David Goggins mindset yeah <laughs> so i'm just running like a mile a little more than a mile every day um when i'm working out and just trying to keep improving from there and i think that's just um for me is just keep chipping away but it's definitely tough like without having a team or without having like the locker room it's a lot oh, yeah. just different working out um so that's definitely been an adjustment trying to get used to working out with having, without having 30 guys all hyped up and coaches. I think strength coaches are really helpful, especially in college when you're learning how to train and having all those interns, the three strength coaches, the interns everywhere. They're just a massive um, component of just the motivation and, and reminding you where to focus. So I think um, now it's been a lot more internal of being locked in when I'm working out. Same with dieting. Um, Cause I'm the, really the one who cares. There's no coach telling me I've got to weigh this or that. Um, but it's been, it's been a cool experience and I'm just trying to get, just trying to keep losing weight, going to Florida in a few weeks to trying to get a little leaner oh, yeah. and, um, and then hopefully be a lot, hopefully be the goal is like around two thirty, two twenty five for my birthday down in July. So just got to keep, keep chipping away at it. You'll definitely get there, dude. You're a dedicated yeah. person and I have no doubt in my mind that you'll reach your goal. Uh, however it is through carnivore or, or whatever. So, but let's go, let's get this straight. So you're, you're doing carnivore to the end of the month, correct? Yep. It's, carniv it's carnivore awareness month or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> world carnivore month. Yeah. World carnivore. There it is. <laughs> um, and then past that, you said you're kind of just, Oh, I'm sorry. One more question about that for yep. people who don't know, go into like a, a brief delve into what carnivore is, what foods you're allowed to eat, what foods oh, you're yeah, not yeah, yeah. allowed to eat. That's really good. Yeah. So carnivore. So there's a bunch of different, like, I think like sections of it, but so what I'm doing is all, just animal based food. Um, so I'm having just beef, pork, chicken, eggs, um, a little bit of cheese. I haven't really had, I haven't had milk. I haven't had yogurt. Um, and then butter, a little bit of avocado oil. And that's really about it. And then I'll have like a, a diet drink, some tea and some coffee, but no fruits, vegetables, carbs. Um, so it's really just protein and fat. So it's, um, it's not a keto diet because you're having a lot more protein than a keto diet. You're, the keto is like 90, 85, 90% 90 fat. So it's not like that. 
um so it's really it's really good just to, um kind of eat and the good thing is you can eat a ton of meat and it's still not a ton of calories so that's um especially like chicken or lean steak man to eat three thousand calories a chicken or lean steak purely you hard gotta to do. eat a ton yeah. yeah it's hard to do so it's um that's the nice thing it's it's really um it just keeps you really satiated the whole time um and then from there I'm, after the month i'll probably start to add in i want to add in some more fruits and just some simple carbs i have before workouts and see if they can help me get some more just um better performance in the gym so probably have like a banana and orange with my eggs in the morning, something like that. And just kind of work my way back in. Um, but I want to try to keep the skin condition away. So that's, yep. I'm just trying to balance that. Um, and then by slowly introducing foods, then I'll kind of figure out um, what impacts me and, and what, um, and what doesn't. So that's kind of the plan. So I think it's kind of cool that you were saying um, even past this, that like you're going to go into more of like a carbs around your, your workout kind of thing. Yeah. And not fully keto, of course, and I'm not fully no. keto, but I think a good thing to, to, um, I guess mention about like that carb crash that we were talking about earlier, um, kind of just like that super drained feeling of like, you've had too many carbs and now you're just tired. You're up and down all day. Uh, you, you're feeling more sustainable energy now than you were with the carbs. <clears throat> if you're somebody who struggles with that, something that I would suggest doing is like, if you're somebody who still wants to eat carbs, but you just don't want that feeling, try to aim for those quick digesting carbs you write around your workout, obviously, like we just discussed, but for like breakfast and like dinner or throughout the day snacks, focus on like carbs that are more slower digesting. So like the more, uh, the less processed carbs, I'm sorry, if you want to say like the whole wheats, uh, the, the whole grains, things like that, that are going to be slower digesting. So that way it doesn't spike your insulin super fast. It doesn't spike your energy super fast. It's a more slow, sustained energy release. So like in the mornings I'll do rolled oats, whole grain oats, and those are slowing digester and then slower digesting than like a cream of rice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, even cream of wheat, cream of wheat, slower digesting than cream of rice. So if you want slower digesting carbs, maybe try that oatmeal um adding some fats in there that's going to help to slow the digestion down so i do the oatmeal and the peanut butter um and then at dinner what i do so i don't want the fast digesting at dinner i want to be satiated more with like longer sustained uh, energy and stuff i'll do like um a sweet potato instead of like a white potato or i'll do like butternut squash like i'm a Mm -hmm. huge proponent in like eating your veggies um, for the, for carb sources and stuff like that, just super slow digesting. They're good, uh, good for your body. They're very nutrient dense. And a lot of those refined sugars and and carbs that you would eat before and after a workout are going to be super quick digesting with almost nothing to them besides carbs. So yeah, something to look look at and try out. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause I was doing the vertical diet before the carnivore and uh, vertical kind of just helped set me up for that. But it was, yeah, a lot of those, you know, the white rice, the, the steak was kind of the vertical aspect of it after you hit the micronutrients, which is why you had all, I had a ton of spinach every day, a ton of potatoes, a ton of um, oranges, a ton of different carrots, um, different stuff like that that kind of hit your micronutrient needs. And then having those um, like oranges or, or rice around your workouts really help as well. And then potatoes later at night to fill you up um, and oats and stuff like that. So that's really, really good point as well for people who maybe are struggling with their appetite and they're always hungry. I know I've been there before, try to find those foods that um, fill you up a little longer 
oatmeal at night is only have a cup of oatmeal for 300 calories a night and mixing some, some cinnamon stevia maybe a little peanut butter and it's only 400 calories and you can be full and you can go to bed without being hungry so that's a really good strategy as well absolutely so okay. now we can kind of kind of switch up the topics one more time um first of all i kind of wanted to talk about uh, a completely different topic which is the ufc matchups so they are fighting there's some big fights ufc 270 and uh, i think it's january 22nd next saturday and there's three fights i want to talk about i know i don't know how much you watch the ufc but i at least want to talk about it because i'm a ufc lover Let's do it um first of all it's francis Ngannou uh versus cyril Gan, and um i'll kind of go over it so cyril Gan, he's undefeated from france really good striker and uh, we're going to kind of do some quick picks. I've got, I, I think Cyril Gunn's going to beat Francis. They used to both train together. Um, he's from France. Francis is actually from where, in, he's somewhere, he's from somewhere in Africa. He's got a great podcast with Rogan that he talked about working in sand mines and stuff. He's just a freak athlete. Um, but I got Cyril Gunn and that matchup. I don't know if you've seen these guys fight. What do you, what, any opinions on that? Yeah, to be honest with you, dude, um, Nagano was such just like a, physical appearance threat like he just dude. is an animal dude he's 265 yeah. <laughs> on weigh-in day so he might even be heavier than that so oh, yeah. walking around or in the ring and he's shredded he's got a yeah. giant wingspan he's got pecs and biceps that make him look like he's chiseled out of stone the dude is just a threat physically yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um as far as gone i oh but going back to nagano i think he's very lacking um one in his stamina and two in his just technical skills like a lot of the times yeah, I, he, just I swings. See he just flails his arms dude but he's so strong that if he does connect you're done yeah you're freaking yeah. done so he's he's, he's kind of like deontay wilder is the yeah. same aspect yeah exactly yeah. that's a good comparison so i'm going with uh i'm going with gone too uh I'm, okay. I'm gonna take down i just think he's more technical he's more sound and um I just don't. I'm not a huge fan of Nagano's fighting style, to be honest with you. He's a beast, but yeah, I'm going with God. That's a hot take. That's a... <laughs> All right, the next fight is um, the 125 pound the flyweight championship, which is Brandon Moreno versus Davidson Figueredo. Um, I don't know if you've watched these guys. These guys, it's a rematch. Just brawlers. Um, Moreno's from. He's Mexican, first Mexican champion, I believe. Figueredo's from Brazil. Uh, Figueredo's a, a powerful striker, give, given his size, really good on the ground. Moreno's a good wrestler, really good striker. Moreno beat him last time, I believe, choked him out. Um, I'm going to take Moreno again. Figueredo talks hella shit. Um, I don't know. And just Moreno seems like a, just a good dude, so I'm going to root for him. Any thoughts on this fight? Or have, you, have you seen these guys fight? Yeah, these are the two that I have no idea who you're talking about. That's all right. Honest. That's all right. All right, we'll go. We'll go. What, if anyone who, watches UFC, they can, they can, like, they can uh, listen along, though. What do you say? Who did you take? I took Brandon Moreno. If I had to lock in a, a, a bet, I'm going Moreno all the way. All right. Last the fight. I don't know land. if you've heard of. Yeah. Last fight. I don't know if you've heard <laughs> of these guys either. We've got, um, this is the third fight. This is the main card. And it's Derek Brunson. This is middleweight versus Jared Cannonier. Um, both really talented veterans. I've got, um, Brunson's on a roll recently. He's got the dyed hair. I'm taking him. I, I got. I like Brunson a lot. I think Cannoneer's last fight, he lost to Robert Whitaker. He was a stud. Um, but Brunson, he's beat some guys where I didn't think he'd win. He's kind of one of those veterans who's on a roll, so I'm just going to take him. I don't know if you know who these guys are either. Yeah, no, I don't know the other guy, but I do who Brunson is, and the only reason yeah. I know is because of the hair. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, I've never really seen him fight or anything, but, like, based on his hair alone, I'll take him. Got him. All right, fair enough. Um, so now we're going to kind of go into – and then 
last topic um, before we go into our Instagram questions. We've got the playoffs coming up. I know you're a Giants fan. Are you even for any teams going into the playoffs? Sorry, what, what was that? I said, I know you're a Giants fan, but are you rooting for any other teams going into the playoffs this year? Hmm. You know, man, I got all of them listed right here, all the matchups and who I would take. <laughs> if I had to take one team to the promised land, I'd probably – this is tough, man. Let's just go over the picks first. I know you're a right, Bills good. so you got the buff. I do. All right, so let's do uh, that. So Buffalo, New England, Clank's taking Buffalo by 100. Um, I might be going to the game, dude. I'm trying to debate whether to go to the game. That is sick. But it's supposed to be cold as shit. Yeah, yeah, that's Buffalo for you. But I'm, I'm going to take, like, I'm gonna take yeah. Buffalo too, man. Um, I'm right. definitely not a hater of Buffalo. I, I I love Buffalo. I just think their fans are a little crazy, but that's Hell good. Yeah. Uh, creates good atmosphere. So I'm taking Buffalo. Sweet. And then the other Saturday game, we've got Las Vegas Raiders versus the Bengals. What do you think in there? Raiders. Raiders. I kind of I like the Raiders too, but I, I've, I'm biased towards the Bengals. I really like Joe Burrow. Yeah, we got T Higgins solid. in fantasy. Big yep. fan of T Higgins. Um, I'm going to take the Raiders too. I think they're a con. They might. I don't watch enough football to really know, but I think they might be a matchup nightmare if the D ends. They got Max Crosby, they got Ngakwe, and then they got our old teammate Malcolm Koontz out there. Dude, Crosby's um, a So I think they could savage. be a problem. Crosby, yeah, Crosby's, Crosby's a, a problem, dude. Yeah. So I think we're going to take uh, – we'll take the Raiders there. Then we're going on to Sunday games. We've got the Eagles versus the Bucks. What do you think there? Mm, Bucks. Tom Brady, dude. Um, it's tough. Uh, they're out AB now, but I don't think that's really a big problem. Uh, it's a topic that maybe we could discuss one of these days. But um, yeah. I'm thinking the Bucks. dude. It's Brady. He knows how to win in the playoffs. And I don't care about nothing. I'm taking Tom Brady. All right. I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm going to take the Eagles. I think um, – I don't hurts. know. I think – yeah. It's just – I don't know. I feel the momentum going towards the Eagles like they had a couple of years ago. They're coming in as a dog. The, yep. the Bucks are feeling confident, but the Bucks aren't. We don't know if Levante David or Leonard Fournette's back from the injury. And then they lost two of their top three receivers for the year. God went towards ACL, and Antonio Brown took off his shirt and ran out the field. Um, so they they lost two of their top three receivers. They're going against the Eagles, who are, I know their defense is, I don't know, suspect. I'm not really sure. But I know their run offense is epic, and they've got a great old line. They run the ball. And uh, Tampa's got a good, a really good defense, too, so I think it'll be a good matchup. I think either Tampa blows them out or, or um, Eagles win close, but I'll take the Eagles just for the fuck of it. Cool. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a big Eagles fan, too, but, uh, you know, in the same division as in Giants, man. I can't, can't be taking the Eagles. But anyway. Fair enough. Fair enough. Then the next matchup we got is the 49ers versus the Cowboys. What do you got there? Dallas, man. Dak's my boy. Same division as the Giants again, but I'll take them. It's America's team. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I love Dak. I love CD. I think they got great threats, Amari Cooper. So I'm, I'm, I'm going with Dallas. Um, Dak's, Dak's just a beast, dude. Yeah, I've, I'll take Dallas too. I wonder what the line is. I wanna, I've got to look more into that. Um, I think the Niners are a live dog. They have a really good defense. They run the ball well. The Cowboys haven't been playing like fantastic recently, so I think, I think the Niners have a good chance. But I'll take the Cowboys as well. They're at home, so that always helps. And it's on Nickelodeon. It's yeah. a Nickelodeon Shout game, dude. Nick. Let's go. Um, next game, we got Steelers-Chiefs. What do you think about this one? Yeah, this is tough. Um, I'm going to – I got to take Kansas City, dude. Travis Kelsey is my absolute boy. <clears throat> um, Tomlin is a seasoned vet in the playoffs. But 
I'm going to take Kansas City, even though they haven't had the best year. They've been on a roll, and I don't know. Yeah. I like Kansas City. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Steelers are just frauds in general anyway. Big Ben is <laughs> washed. Big Ben is washed ashore. They beat us in the first game. Fuck the Steelers. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm taking the Chiefs. I, yeah. I, TJ Watt's a savage, though. He's got, like, the most sacks in one season. So, if he hurts Mahomes, I mean, they got a chance. Uh, I don't know who Kansas City's backup is, so that's the best chance. TJ Watt put out a hit on Mahomes. Um, and then the, I think the last game of the week is the Cardinals versus the Rams. Who do you got there? L.A. I'm a big Herbert fan. Or I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. Stafford? Uh, you like Stafford? Stafford? Sorry. Yeah. Herbert. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to take the Rams as well. The Cardinals, the West Coast game, so I don't see them a lot, but they also just seem like frauds. Like, they were good. But, like, I don't know. I watched their, one of their games, and they just don't look that good. I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't, dude, I don't know how the Cardinals are so good, though. Like, or, or even if they are considered so good. I don't see it at yeah. all. I just don't <laughs> see do it, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely understand. Uh, yeah, L.A., for sure. All right. All right, fair enough. I'm with you on that. All righty. So, we'll see how our picks do. It'll be interesting to see uh, for next podcast what we, what we got going um but now we'll kind of swing it over to our instagram questions um so we appreciate all the questions from everybody putting them online uh first one we've got on the docker for today is what is the prevalence of peds also known as performance enhancing drugs in college athletics and how much of an impact do they have on your play in the game you want to start on this one sure yeah i mean i didn't notice a big prevalence of peds in, in college at least um, I, i'm sure people do it um uh, but we have like drug testing. We go through drug testing. It's not very proficient. Um, so if you wanted to take some stuff, you could definitely get away with it. But yeah, I don't, I, I didn't see it being too prevalent, especially in the Mac. <clears throat> um, maybe at like some lower divisions, I could see it be more prevalent. So like D2, D3 guys are just juicing. The, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't think it's too crazy or, or it had much of an impact on my play. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Um, I never saw any PED usage. Um, so I don't really know. I never used any. Um, if you'd seen me, you would know I didn't use any. Um, maybe someday it'd be kind of cool. Um, but never, never used them. Never really saw them. Um, they do drug test. I feel like they drug test more for street drugs than, than yeah. PEDs in general, yep. which is kind of a shame. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a shame. There's like they, they test for marijuana more than they test for steroids and HGH and steroids and HGH can create harm on other people. If you're in a contact sport, if somebody's on steroids, they can create more force and injure you. Um, if they're have marijuana in their system, they're creating no more harm to you. Um, so I think that's a shame, especially it's, it's legal in a lot of States. Um, and you can take, you can have alcohol in your system. Um, unless it's, um, the, what was what it? The one shooting sport where you can have alcohol besides that. You can't have weed. We can have alcohol. I think right. that's kind of insane. Um, but you know how it is. If it's not, if it's not taxable yet, it's not going to be legal. So and the classic corrupt NCAA. Um, so what are you going to do? And then we'll go into the next question is, um, which is how important is positioning yourself online through social media um, for getting a massive sponsorships in college, starting as a teenager in high school. Um, so I, I guess, I can start off this, I guess. Um, I never really was crazy on social media. Still, I'm not, I don't have any crazy presence. I think it can be helpful, though. I've, I've seen a lot of these um, new freshmen coming to college with massive endorsement deals. I think that's going to be really a, a smart, 
smart move, especially if you have a lot of traction going to these big fan bases. If you go to these big fan bases and they'll buy anything you can sell, go get sponsored by somebody and, um, and you can go make some profit and go play football. Yeah. So, I mean, like, again, I'm kind of like with you, especially in college, I didn't really focus on anything like that because it wasn't allowed at the time uh, during our time there. So, but yeah, for advice for people who are coming up, definitely present yourself on social media. If you're like somebody interested in that line of the things, one, I don't, one, I think it can help get you exposure uh, that you might not get otherwise. And two, it's just a good thing. I mean, get some money in your pocket, at least maybe some free things. So why not take advantage of it? If it's legal now, do it. Definitely, definitely take advantage of it. You don't know how long you can play football, whatever right. sport you can get injured in any sport. So take advantage of um, your monetary value that you have in college. Um, so the next question we have is, do you guys have any regrets or things you would have done differently as an athlete or student in college that would have caused a significant difference? Zach, any thoughts on this one? Uh, I think, yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff. Uh, <clears throat> looking back on it, you know, vision is always clearer down the line. But uh, I would say a better understanding of, uh, from an uh, student perspective, this is having a better understanding of what I wanted to study in college. Like I went in, I had zero clue of what I wanted to do, what I wanted to take. So having a better understanding of the pathway that I wanted to go down could have helped save a lot of headaches, unnecessary classes, things like that. Um, And then as far as sports, I would just say seeing a sports psychologist. I was always that guy that was like, I don't need that. But um, definitely something I definitely needed because I am so hard on myself. I'm my biggest critic and I get into my head. It is what it is. I definitely get into my own head and it's definitely something that I should have started. Um, if not younger as a younger athlete, um, in college, I should have done it for sure. So there's two, two kind of things like that. Yeah, those are, that's awesome. Um, I think for one would be getting the training room more, more recovery. I think um, I kind of neglected that in the beginning of my career. And by the end, I just was always getting beat up. And I feel like it just um, was a culmination of a lot of just hits and, and taking a lot of toll in the body that I didn't recover enough from. Um, and then I hurt my back in, in high school. I never got an MRI on it. And I had to miss like my whole so- uh, sophomore season. And I then I struggled with a back injury this year. So I kind of feel like that there were those were related it was a similar feeling of just stiff tightness that I couldn't like move. So I wish I got that addressed when I was younger and could have had a lot of more preventative measures. And then, yeah, as a student, figuring out what you want to do, not even, you don't have to figure out what you want to do, but at least figure out like a major that can apply to a bunch of different interests. Like you're, if you're interested in like, obviously if people, if they want to be doctor, you know, you want to do engineer, but if you don't know exactly what you want to do, find something like business or something where you can be like, okay, in life, I want to at least, have something to do with marketing sales. I want to market myself or make my own company. A lot of people do that kind of stuff. So if you, uh, if you don't know what to do, rather than doing these majors that you don't, you can't really use practically, um, go find a good quality major, learn good skills, and you can apply them to most, most jobs. So I think that's a really good one that I didn't even think of. So that's, that's a great, um, a great, great pair of advice from yourself. Um, and then I think the sports psychologist thing is massive. I knew this year, sometimes I was just like struggling. Luckily, our trainer, Andy Blizz, was awesome. And I talked to him um, when I was kind of just down or, or not feeling right. And I think that's that's huge. So many guys, um, whether it's because you're not playing or you're stressed or you're whatever the reason is, so many guys um, kind of struggle mentally um, during their time in athletics or just in college in general. And I'm going to touch on this later, but I think addressing your mental health, if you need help, or if you just want to talk to somebody, that's all really big things that, that can help you out a lot. Absolutely. And shout out Melanie yep. Biz. 
Oh yeah, yeah, Mel's being awesome. a pod. <laughs> Mel's awesome. Um, and then next question is, oh, this goes right in line. Thoughts on the mental health crisis in men. Um, so I can start with this one, I guess. It's um, obviously it's very unfortunate. Um, the amount of suicides and overdoses are like insane, especially in men. I know there's a lot more suicides in men um, than women. I'm not sure if it's because men don't like to talk about it as much or if there's other reasons. I know overdoses are, are similar. I know there's more in men. Um, a lot of it is because men just, I know at least for me and for my friends, I don't want to generalize completely, but sometimes you just are like, I got to be tough. Let me just take, let me just like soak it all in and I'll be okay. And you just kind of all the stresses and stuff and you just like squeeze it, but you don't say anything. And I think that can cause um, a lot of this, this stress and these mental health issues that are going on in America. What are your, what are your thoughts on this one? Same exact thing. I think, yeah us guys are, are, are pre-programmed from, from such a young age to hide pain, um, emotions and stuff like that. And I've even been considered like, I don't want to dive too deep into it, but people have like thought to me to be like emotionless. So like, Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that's real and, and, and guys just bottle up more like, and that's why I didn't see a sports psychologist in college because I didn't want to talk. I, I, it's on my own. Like, I got it. I, I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's I feel classic. like that is, yeah, it's classic. And it's definitely something that I feel like um, can contribute to the mental health crisis because people don't know how to handle it. And they just, like, go AWOL, you know what I mean? Or they find their own coping mechanism, which might not be the healthiest. Absolutely. I think that's really big. I think, I mean, I've had a therapist in the past as well. Really helpful having, like, a counselor or somebody there in your corner just to talk to, non-biased opinion. And then I also saw a really a tweet from um dr brian brada the head athletic trainer at ub and he said even your therapists have a therapist and i thought that's really yeah. um really interesting like everybody sometimes just needs to talk let some stuff off their chest yeah. event and it's important um it's important to recognize and um and if you're feeling great then you don't need one but it's um sometimes if you're stressed or you're going through stuff um some people can let it out through um through whatever activities they have to do whether it's working out or work and they are relieved through that and if you're not relieved through any of those uh, different modalities then maybe try looking into a counselor or a therapist or just talking to a trusted family friend um, or somebody in your tight circle those can all be really helpful and, and prevent the ongoing mental health crisis going on in america absolutely and i was just going to say uh, another good option is if you have a partner in your life so like uh, me and my girlfriend have been together two years now and to be honest with you i was still not the best at the first full year of being with her like i didn't even talk to her about some of the problems and that uh, it's something that probably has opened up with me and her the past like six months, at least on my end of like actually yep. being able to discuss and stuff like that. So if you have a partner that you feel comfortable doing it with, I think that's huge too. Yeah, that's, I agree completely. I have a girlfriend as well. And um, it's massive to have somebody in your corner. She knows yeah. exactly when something's wrong. She just looks at me. She's like, why, right, <laughs> why are you yeah. upset? And Absolutely. then it's, um, it just helps out having somebody that um, instead of you open up to them, sometimes they just can tell you have an issue. And just makes it, it just cutting out one step of the process. They're just like, what's going on? And then you're like, all right, I'll tell you. Right. Instead of you saying, hey, I got something going on. Like that's, that's hard step is telling somebody, hey, I don't feel good. Like that's a tough, yeah. that's the hardest step. So yeah, if, somebody just ha- if somebody just walks up to you and says, hey, I know you're not feeling good. What's going on? Then you're like, all right, fuck, they know. So let me just talk to them. So that's like, that's a really big aspect. It's having yeah. those close friends or a close, uh, significant other is huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And then um, next one is, when did you decide you wanted to pursue college football? I know we've kind of addressed this one. Um, what, what do you think about this one? When, when did you really um, want to pursue college football? Junior year. Uh, I hurt my shoulder or I hurt my elbow in baseball. I uh, didn't want to keep dealing with that. 
I knew I wasn't going to be a basketball player or anything past. And, you know, my dad was like, you want to play D1 football, gain some weight and try to get recruited. And yep. uh, I took it to heart. It's <laughs> exactly what I did. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, junior year. That's uh junior high school is when I decided to uh, pursue college football. Yeah, I was the same way. I was um I remember exactly when I decided I uh, was junior year after after my junior season. I was had English class with eleventh uh, grade Regents English with Mr. Davidson. We always had a write. I think it was every Friday once a week. I know we had a write in our journal. Like we just had a write. Whatever you want to write about, you got to write or read. And I was I was like I'm not gonna read, so I wrote. <laughs> and um, <laughs> now I read. But back then I just I was too lazy to read, so I I just wrote down stuff. And eventually I just started creating goals um i remember i talked about glenn being at ub and using him as a motivation and i was like i'm gonna go play at ub and that was from then on i kind of wrote down just all these different goals and how i was gonna get there and that's uh i remember exactly that's i I still can't find that notebook but i wrote down in there somewhere (laughs) i'm gonna play that'd be cool to love grade. yeah so but yeah junior year same with me that's when i kind of um kind of lined it up and figured it out yep and then oh this is a good one especially for you what what foods do the public perceive as healthy, but really are not? So, I mean, there's a, yeah, there's a bunch. I'm going to kind of keep it simple here and like shorter, but there's a bunch. Um, anything labeled keto, vegan, vegetarian, paleo, gluten-free. That's like the big thing nowadays, gluten-free. People think that because they have these labels on the thing, they're automatically the healthiest foods that they can eat. Or even protein. If something's labeled protein, oh, it's healthy. Some of these protein bars and protein cookies have like five, 600 calories with like 20 grams of fat. It's a glorified Snickers bar that has protein in it. You know what I mean? So like, don't listen to the labels. Keto, that doesn't mean it's healthy, dude. It can still be loaded in calories. Um, Vegetarian, vegan, wanna why they're, anyways, vegetarian, vegan, they can be super- Wanna know why what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no, nothing. But uh, vegetarian and vegan, it, if it's labeled like that, it doesn't mean it's healthy. They cook with so much oil and other things to make up for the the, the lack of uh, meat and, and things in there that they need uh, flavor profiles. So they cook with a bunch of oils, a bunch of sodium. It's not, it doesn't mean it's healthy just because it has those labels on it. You know what I mean? Um, so I would say those are the biggest things, not falling for the gimmicks, uh, and then, oh, this is a good one. Salads. People are like, oh, dude, yep. salads are so, they're so healthy. And then they have a full avocado, which don't get me wrong, avocado is healthy fat. But they'll have a full avocado, a bunch of croutons all over that bitch. And then like ranch dressing, Caesar dressing. Blue yeah, blue cheese, blue fried cheese, chicken. Yes. They'll have fried chicken bits over the top. And they're like, oh, I had a salad today. Bacon. No, you had a 800. Ca- yeah, dude. Some of the, dude, the Wendy's, uh, there's a Wendy's salad and on the menu, it's like one of the unhealthiest things on the whole Wendy's menu. It's like 950 calories or something like that. Again, for Applebee's, I, I made a post about this. There's an Applebee's salad. It's like the Santa Fe Fiesta salad. It's like oh, yeah. 1400 calories, dude. Yes, sir. Oh my God. Dude, those go crazy though. Yeah. I mean, they're good. Yeah. They taste good. I'll yeah. give them to them. There's a reason they taste good. <laughs> yeah I like, all right but what, what about was, you yeah so i i agree those are all really good um i had sa- salad was my number one was all the dressings and stuff i yeah. love a good whitish salad it's got the bacon it's got the blue cheese crumble those are just fire so unfortunately they're not healthy even though it's salad um also salads if they're just like regular lettuce they don't even have any spinach or 
if just lettuce and dressing or like some of these salads and a little bit of unhealthy fried meat, like it's just not good. Get a salad, use some vinaigrette, um, have a, have a couple different sources of vegetables within your salad and then have like a grilled, um, piece of meat and it's way more healthy for you. And, um, just a, a lot better in general. And then I've got coffee with tons of cream and sugar. I always get on Madeline about this. Um, she's gotten a lot better. Yeah. Anyone, but some, all these coffees, man, the creamers, it's like, you got this, this big thing of creamer, right? It's like a quart of creamer and it's got whatever, 60 calories per serving. Like, all right, it's not that bad. And then it says 32 servings within one quart. And I'm like, yeah. what? So there's no way you're using, you're, you're not using one serving, you're using a couple servings and that just yeah, adds dude. calories and people don't even realize that. And, and with caffeine, if you have it with no food in your system, it hits different. So like avoid the creamers, add a little stevia, drink your coffee. You'll be good. Yeah. Um, also I had sauces, like a lot of people will just add sour cream, whether it's Chipotle or add some mayo on a sub here and there. And they feel like they're eating healthy because they're eating turkey and vegetables and wheat bread, but then they have a, a glob of mayo on there. And it's just condiments. Like, you, know, you just don't need the condiments sometimes. Yeah. You get they're the, the worst. Use hot sauce, use the hot sauce, sriracha, mustard, the sugar-free ketchup, all Dude, that stuff. I was just about to say the amount of sugar-free products they have on the market nowadays. It's ridiculous. Yeah. G Hughes, he yeah. has like 15 different sauces that you could use from and people are all like oh i can tell that no you can't bro and they're still yeah. just like if they're you're looking for something dieting is looking for something halfway there if it's halfway yeah. there dude you're you're winning you're winning yep. and those sugar-free sauces are like 80 90 there like they're there on point and and walden farms they got really good maple syrup yep. so if you're making like some protein pancakes add some maple syrup that's the sugar-free one all that stuff and then i had vegetables because some vegetables when you, when you cook them in like an oven and you just douse them in olive oil like sometimes i used to do um like especially brussels sprouts asparagus broccoli like if if you don't know how much oil you're putting on, like that might be a lot of extra calories. And especially when you're trying to lose weight, you might think, oh, I mean, healthy. And then you don't realize you're adding a couple extra hundred calories for no reason. Dude, some of the easiest tips that I'll give my clients when it comes to losing weight uh, diet wise is one, don't cook with any oil and two, don't drink your calories. And you can yep. cut out, dude, they'll lose hella weight just off of that. <laughs> don't drink your calories. Don't cook with oil. You're dropping, some of them are dropping like seven, 800 calories a day. Yep. So that's massive. Yeah. It is massive. And um, any any other uh, foods that seem healthy but aren't actually healthy? No, I think we, we covered a bit. I mean, there's yeah. probably some out there, but that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, that was pretty that was pretty good. Um, then the next one is please talk about various recovery techniques that you've learned that are not known to many people. Um, what, do you, what are some ones that you can think of? Uh, just some of the basic ones that we had in college. So like those, uh, um, what do you call them? Those leg sleeves that kind of blow up with air. Oh yeah, the Normatec leg sleeves. Normatec, yep. Um, some of the <clears throat> the stim machines, I know those are pretty common. And then you got like the um, what's the one where they rub uh, the gel jelly on you, and then they go oh, over ultrasound. It. Ultrasound, ultrasound. That's a good one. Uh, I've had all of these done, <laughs> and then obviously just the classic ice tub. Yep, those are all good. Um, and then I had a couple ones. Once again, shout out to Andy. Uh, Blizz, our trainer for helping me a lot. And he taught me a ton of different ones this season that I never really knew. The biggest one and Coach Heiss, who helped out a ton, was the McBill, McGill Big Three, um, which was used for spinal and uh, core stability, which I use every day right now to just keep my back healthy. And if you look up on the internet, McGill Big Three is massive. It's, it's like a hat you do. There's three different movements. Um, one is you lay on the ground. You, you lay on your back. 
you have one knee up and bent, you have one leg straight, and then you have your hands under your lower back. You do like curl up for a few inches, hold, and you do 10 reps, then you do um, some side planks, and then you do some bird dogs, which is when you're on all fours and you extend opposite arm and leg, and you do those all 10 reps, or you can hold them for time, and they're all just to help a ton for core and spinal stability, um, which has helped me out a ton, and I've been doing it a lot and uh, it's been great for my disc issue, issues. Um, another one is barbell smash that we kind of used. Um, I don't love it, but some people really do. So I'm going to throw it out there. You lay on the ground and you can either roll an empty barbell on your leg or whatever is really sore. You can have a partner do it and it's uh, kind of painful, but some people really like it. So if it's, if it floats your boat um, and it can help you, that's awesome. There's also a tool called the so right PSO account it's and then right i think it's just r-i-t-e i don't even think it's um the g-h i think it's r-i-t-e so right is really helpful you lay on this little uh tool for your psoas which is in your lower abdomen it connects to your back sometimes if it's really tight it can impact your back so i use that a lot I lay on the so right used to use it all the time pretty helpful as well and then kind of talking about active recovery as well after just reading the vertical diet and our trainers always emphasized the importance of just um, active recovery. So 10 minute walks after meals can be really helpful. And then along with just moving whatever's injured, um, like if you have an injured ankle, try to walk on it, try to pump the blood in it. I think sometimes we forget that all that, when you're moving around that active recovery puts the blood in your, in your joints, which are injured or your muscles that are injured. And that's all because of the nutrients we're eating is really important, which is then into your blood, all those amino acids, everything that you eat that's nutritious goes in your blood and then goes in your joints and helps you heal. So that's all really important is getting that active recovery. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of the processes that we discuss is different ways of bringing blood to a certain area for that, that purpose, nutrient delivery and recovery. Absolutely. So, um, and then our, our last question, which is my favorite question is, uh, what is your favorite conspiracy theory? I'll let you start. So then I can, uh, I'll go on a tangent after you. Uh, Anything for you? Yeah, I got one dude. Okay. No, obviously there's more, uh, that I could talk about, but the main one, uh, shout out Joe Rogan, Bob <laughs> Lazar and the, oh, uh, yeah. the alien, uh, area 51. That's like my go-to. Yeah, that's good. I know that's, if you haven't heard of Bob Lazar, yeah, look him look up. It up. Yeah, he's good. got some good clips on YouTube it's and um, talks about Area 51 and how it's got all these um, different folks flying in and out of it and how they've inspected UFOs that aren't made in this planet. So it's really interesting. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, what about you? Let's hear it. Um, okay, so I've got two. I've got one that I kind of just created recently, um, which is like a more local conspiracy theory. And then I've got one that's a broader conspiracy theory that everyone knows about locally. I have my conspiracy theory that our current governor, Kathy Hochul, um, completely knew that Andrew Cuomo was, um, I don't know, being just a pervert to all these different people who just came out within the past year. And she also knew that he was using public funds to create his book. And she happened to never speak out about it. Um, and I have a feeling all these women who were sexually assaulted, um, probably told her cause she's a trusted older woman in the administration and she never did anything about it. And then she got from Lieutenant governor. She went to governor, never said anything about it. And, uh, I think it's just really odd that nobody's even talked about it. So I figured it's an interesting thing to bring a light, um, because the government has so much corruption. Here's some yeah. local corruption here from a lady in Buffalo. And then my broad conspiracy is the JFK assassination, which Ooh, I've been interested in forever. Cool. I've always been a conspiracy 
conspiracy guy, but this is middle school. I did a whole project on it. Yep. I concluded that the CIA killed CIA, killed JFK, which I still completely believe yep. um, from the Bay of Pigs ending the Federal Reserve, which he failed to do because the Federal Reserve is still around today. But all these different just aspects of JFK, um, the mob ties, which have been kind of thrown out there. And that was just in the recent movie. Um, I forgot what was that recent uh, recent mob movie. But he was they mentioned the killing of him and that. So the JFK conspiracy theory, I want to get into more. I'm about to read some books on it, actually. Um, I've got a couple of books ordered to talk about it, but I think, um, the interesting killing of JFK and how the CIA got away with it is, um, and they just covered up the documents. Their documents were supposed to come out about, they're supposed to release all these documents about JFK and they just resealed them. So uh, it's just, you know, there's, it's just crazy. So I've watched a few like documentaries and, and short films on the JFK assassination and conspiracies behind it. And dude, it is very interesting. And like, it makes you freaking think. And that's what they're supposed to do. These conspiracy theorists are supposed to make you think, but it is crazy. So I think those two are really, really good ones to, if you're not into conspiracy theories or anything like that, like if, if you want to just Bro, dive in it. a little bit, the Bob Lazar um, interview with Joe Rogan is a freaking good one dude it's crazy yes. he's got two of them with bob lazar and then uh oh, yeah. the the jfk assassination i think is another great one to start with fire yeah absolutely yeah, we could right. dive more into those too i think well, i think we would have to i think a lot of people really enjoy those so I, yeah i'm gonna do some more research on a few and then we can talk about them oh um, yeah Down, so, but all right i think it was a good episode if you have any more questions for us hit up hit us up on uh, instagram twitter youtube in the comments and uh, let us know what you got to think. Zach, you got anything else? Anything else uh, to no. say? Uh, appreciate all the positive feedback on the first one, guys. We're going to keep trying to improve here. That was kind of a test trial on the first one. So uh, the more smoothly smoothly that we can do things, uh, drop your comments, suggestions down below. Uh, if we can make any changes or anything like that. But as far as everything else, I just appreciate all the positive feedback. And for you guys tuning in, uh, it's for you guys' entertainment and it's fun for us to do. So uh, it's a win-win situation. So I'm, I've been really enjoying it and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, a lot of the more episodes coming up. Absolutely. Yeah, we've got, and then just to mention, we have a Instagram account also, which is uh, um, <clears throat> more than a number pod. You can find us on that. We also have, we mentioned a lot in our Instagram stories. And then my brother Will is actually going to make us a TikTok. So he's going to post some short clips for us. And then it's going to be more than a number pod on TikTok, I believe as well. So just um, you can see our content, whether it's short or a long version. So appreciate you listening and all the great positive feedback from everybody. It's been, it's been really awesome. So thank you. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that was a great episode. So appreciate you guys again, and uh, we will catch you in the next one. All right. Sounds good. All right, my man. See you later. All right. See you.